0: By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help.
1: Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, So we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, Except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, So we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group and so every episode I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy.
2: Let's go to the movies. It's something to do.
1: Today on Corona Movie Club is another 2018 uh, teen film from Netflix, which um, we already did to All the Boys I've Loved Before, which also shares all of those descriptors. Um, and, you know, tonally very similar. We've got a little bit of romance going on. It's it, it's in the same, I would say it's probably in the same genre, but this isn't really a teen rom-com the same way. It's just a coming of age comedy. Um, and this, this film means a lot to me. it's so beautiful it's so funny um it's so true it's also uh adapted from a ya novel um as so many of the great young adult narratives are um but and again also written directed by women which it would have to be if you watched this you just you know that um jennifer aniston plays the mom and uh rush plays the best friend and uh, there are just, there are so many, I always want to call him Michael, but who's the guy from Lost who played Michael? He's in this. Um, Harold Perrineau. He's so good. Kathy Najimy's in it. Um, Maddie Bio, who was uh, Tracy in the live action Hairspray. Um, not the, not the movie, the, um, the like live NBC version is what I mean by live action. All Hairsprays have been live action. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's a great, great movie. Um, It is about a young woman named Willa Dean, um, played by Danielle McDonald, who is so good. And she has this like really beautiful bitterness, but also like weird open heart, which is an unbelievable combination to be able to figure out. Um, She does a wonderful job. Um and it's about so she's the daughter of the town beauty queen um obviously Jennifer Aniston and honestly I'm a huge friends fan so it's it's sacrilegious to say anything other than Rachel Green is her greatest role but she is so good in this movie it really is you you have to see it especially if you like Aniston like it she's really special here she's got such a, a warmth and a loveliness despite um the fact that she is causing a lot of hurt um, but she really, her intentions are so good. It's just a beautiful portrayal. Um, but yeah, so and then the, her, her daughter, who is a fat girl, starts to, which I can say, by the way, um, because I am also a fat girl. So I mean it in a positive way where um, that word should not have this like overbearing negative negativity to it. It should be used as a descriptor, just like tall. Um, we need to take away this idea that, um, the description of fat, which is just a factual thing, um, is sort of tantamount to an insult or like the worst thing you can be. Um, so when I say she's a fat girl, I'm just saying the same as as saying she's a tall girl, which she also is. Um, she's into Dolly Parton. She's a, she's a blonde girl. She's got curly hair. She's, you know, all these descriptors are the same, mean the same thing. Um, but in terms of how the world reacts to her, the fact that she's a fat girl is, the biggest one, unfortunately, um, and that's the world in which she lives, and she carries that with her, with this tension between her and her mom, and she had this aunt who was also fat, who really showed her how to be herself and how to love herself, and um, her mom never really understood what that was or that plight or that bond, um, and it's just, and and so she joins the pageant. Um, like in protest, you know, she explains it away as like, she's going to destroy it from the inside. Um, and then it's just sort of the journey of her doing this pageant. And, um, I won't spoil it for you, but it's just, it's a wonderful movie. Um, and what I like about it is, is the complexity, this idea that like, it's not like there's this sort of hard done by outcast fat girl who her evil mom is mean to her and she'll show them, you know, it's not glee. It's got so much, so many more layers to it. There are parts where Willow Dean is wrong. Her mom is wrong. Her friend is wrong. Everybody is wrong and everybody is right. And everybody's just trying to do what they can to navigate the world in the way that that it makes sense to them and they're trying to do the right thing and be good to each other. And they just sometimes don't accomplish that. And that's where the tension comes from. Not from some sort of person, like some random evil person who's trying to destroy others and put others down. It's coming from just natural, honest human interaction. It just, it's a, it's a really compelling, really lovely movie. Um, and you'll hear me say so on the um and and maybe describe a little bit more why that this movie matters so much to me in the call. So I hope you enjoy it and if you haven't seen Dublin honestly it's so wonderful and I just think I just think you have to. Like even if you think it's not really for you, could you just do me this favor of just I think that the more people who understand this narrative and have seen this narrative um the better, because it is something that gets overlooked. It's not something that is is talked about a lot. And um, it's a point of empathy that you could all stand to acquire. But very few of you have, because it's not something that you think of a lot. Um, And just, I would like you, as a favor, even if it doesn't seem like your thing, please go watch it, because this movie is not actually for me. I didn't need to see it. I enjoyed seeing it, but it wasn't for me. I didn't need to see it. But I think you should. So if you could do that for me I'd really appreciate it and then you can come back and listen to us all talk about it. I'm I'm delighted but also shocked at how many people came to talk about Dumplin um partly cuz usually it's just uh me, Matt and Vargo and sometimes Susan. Um and so I was like very prepared. I was I was ready to just like be the lone female voice. Um, and just, like, lecture them about Dumplin'. <laughs> um, not Susan. Susan doesn't need to be lectured, but obviously uh, I was going to lecture the boys about Dumplin'. And now there's oh all God. these other people here, so that's very exciting. Yeah. Also, I'm, like, really happy that so many people showed up for this movie that I love so much. Um, that makes me happy. So, um, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs>
0: because I stand, a good Jennifer Aniston performance.
1: Oh, and it's such a good one. It's maybe my favorite performance of hers ever, not including Friends, because obviously.
3: I think literally the last movie one I was at was a YA adaptation of it, like that became a Netflix film, and I was like, well, I have to continue the trend. Also, I did I like assume that was
1: why you were here, and I have <laughs> multiple questions for you when we talk about adaptation. But I also
4: like the movie. I had sort of decided at the last minute, because I've missed these that i wanted to come back so i've had an hour to. i i've watched most of it but i really 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 like it i'm gonna watch the rest of it afterward
1: oh no okay so we don't we can't we can't but no no, no, no. i've read Laura. the synopsis so i know what happens oh okay okay, okay. so <laughs> we're all okay. good but- Um, i did a i did a not dissimilar thing i've obviously seen dumpling like i watched it the day it came out and then yelled at everybody until they all watched it too um as i do uh, but then I, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I started it last night after Shakespeare. So it was like three in the morning, and I got about twenty five minutes in, and was like, no, this is a bad idea. I'm going to try again tomorrow. And then I had errands to run all day today, and then I was on the on hold with TD for an hour, and so I started the movie while on while on hold. So in the background of the movie was just that you know they do that elevator oh. music thing. Um, and then I was a little bit behind schedule in order to make it to the call. So I fast forwarded Mm -hmm. through some like montage bits. Um, but I saw most of it and was reminded Mm -hmm. of all the things I loved about it when I saw it the first time. So,
4: yes, I mean, I've absolutely loved what I've seen so far and I'm after this, I am 100%. uh, I'm like got like 50 minutes left, but I, (laughs) what happens? anyway?
5: (laughs) Kelly, your assumptions are wrong about, I don't know, men. I like this movie.
1: I didn't assume you wouldn't like it. I, I mostly just wanted to lecture you about um, life and the fat female experience.
2: I hated this movie so much. Bye-bye. He didn't. Oh, I wanted to get a reaction that I didn't get.
1: Um, yeah, no, Matt, I've met you before.
2: So.
1: <laughs> Of all the things, this was not the thing you were going to hate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I'm trying to think if there's a way that I would, well, hate's a strong word, dislike it. I feel like if I wanted to be super nitpicky, I could, but even then, like, it is. It's a really well-made, lovely movie. Uh, And I I did thoroughly enjoy it, yes.
1: Yeah, it's... (sighs) I think the thing about this movie, kind of like to all the boys I loved before, but more so, um, you know, it is what it is. It's not trying to be anything more than that. But then somehow Dumplin' is more than that. Like, they, it, there's yeah. a lot of little things they do really well. Um, I think all the performances are, like, there's some genuinely really good performances in this movie. Like, Michael Parrot, Parano, come on. Um, but, like... Uh, Harold? Harold, yeah. I call him Michael because he's on Lost and he gets mixed in my head. Thank you for correcting me. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, but I love the nuance of this movie. I love the fact that like our protagonist is very sympathetic, but also she's not always right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, she's often not right. Uh, and you know how I love that in a protagonist. Um, and I also love that like her mom like she's underestimating her mom but then her mom also is culpable in ways she doesn't understand but like she's not doing it on purpose and then like i don't know it just i found it really compellingly complicated um in lots of interesting ways especially for like a what's generally like a pretty feel good movie with like dolly parton and just like fun nice things um but i think they 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 get to a lot of really honest things um, and things that, that are not as represented as they maybe could be. Um,
3: So I think the only thing I disliked about the movie and it's not about the movie itself. It's just kind of, I'm blaming the Netflix model is that it came out kind of in a slew of, if I remember correctly, it was like to all the boys, it was this, it was Sierra Burgess and there were so many not good movies in there. So like, I think Mm -hmm. Sierra Burgess came out before that or before this one and like people had experienced the high of child the boys and then Sierra Burgess was just a low and then like this a lot of people didn't even like they're like oh well I already saw that I've seen enough teen and it was like but this was so great like so when they had this kind of that lump of all the movies kind of that they were like lump it was like throughout the year as they like continue to put them out it's like some people like saw the low in quality and so they didn't watch this and it was like no yeah was <laughs> really good I mean-
1: I definitely agree. It's definitely one of those movies that like genre wise, a lot of people are going to not give it the time of day when they should. Um, I think it's really notable, like especially Sierra Burgess, which like has a protagonist who doesn't look totally unlike our protagonist here. And people have a tendency to be like, Oh, that means I've seen this movie before, which is itself a problem of course. But um, like those movies, all those Noah Centennial movies are like about teen romance And there is a limit to my teen romance tolerance just because, like, I just think teen – they're kind of stupid. Like, I don't know. I don't (laughs) relate at all to teen romance. Like, it was just not a factor in my life in any way when I was a teenager. Um, And so this movie, I have some feelings about the uh, love interest. I'm kind of, on one hand, really glad she has one and that he liked her before the movie started, which I really like. But at the same time, I also just kind of fucking don't buy it. Um, and that's always a frustration for me, because how do you change things unless you show things in popular culture in a way that actually does, in- it, like, incept people's minds, but then at the same time, like, it, there's a responsibility to reflect how the world actually is, and this guy would not actually like her, and it just went around and around in my head. But it's such a subplot. Like, it is so not the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's important about this movie is that, like, it's not a teen romance movie. It's a movie about a teenager. But you could lift that subplot out and her journey is still complicated. It's incompelling and interesting and all that kind of stuff.
0: I think the romance subplot just reflects where she's at mentally Mm -hmm. through the whole thing. It, Yeah. yeah, I would say it reflects what's going on rather than being part of the driving force.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it gives her an opportunity to like say out loud feelings about herself and what she looks like in a way that that character wouldn't necessarily, like she's generally confident about herself in general. And it's only when confronted with the idea of like, oh, well, I don't look like Becca. So boys can possibly like me. That she has to like deal with that insecurity in a really upfront way. So you're right; it's probably necessary, but it's so not central that you know it's a very different subgenre of the subgenre. Okay, somebody say something.
3: <laughs> if you want to laugh, this is super random. Go look up the love interest Wikipedia page because they have a picture from a decade ago, and he looks like a wannabe Bieber. Like looks the life from 2013, and I was looking at it right before we started recording, and it was great. I said something. That's
2: funny.
1: Okay, my IMDB <laughs> during this movie mostly consists of trying to find all the various links to hairspray because there are a lot. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. well, I guess on that note, my heart sank when I saw Maddie something something was in the like opening credits, and I was because I really did not like her in uh, TV live hairspray. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I did not whatsoever. And then I was worried that she was Dumplin' and that I would have to sit through another movie of her. But I really liked her in this. I really genuinely thought she did a great job in this film. So that was a pleasant surprise. Um, something I think the uh, to try to articulate what I like about this movie overall, uh, I think it, goes back to what you said about how like our protagonist is she makes some bad choices and she's flawed but she's still a sympathetic character and then the movie didn't go in the direction I expected it to but at the same time it did like I knew the mom was going to be like the obstacle and a problematic character but she wasn't as awful as they potentially could have made her the same one for Dove Cameron's character And like all the people that you expected to be awful, really just as people weren't, which was really refreshing. And it was just almost like all of the obstacles were more societal than anything, which I thought was really quite nice. And like, not to say that she had no reason to be insecure because she absolutely did. But at the same time, it was really refreshing to like not have, Dove Cameron playing the same role she played in TV Hairspray, where she's just like being an evil, like fat phobic bitch, basically. So that was nice.
3: Wait, so what were the connections to Hairspray? Like what was just like the biggest, I guess? Because I totally missed that all, like all it, of them, apparently.
2: Well, there's some casting crossover, which isn't really thematic, but it kind of is, I think it's which is nice. Then the whole idea of Like, just your central character. Well, even though Tracy... Well, Maddie basically played Tracy again in this movie, which is interesting. Because the whole thing with Tracy is that she wants to dance because it's something that she loves doing, but then she has to, like, infiltrate a system that's built to not welcome her in. And then in this movie, the protagonist is doing the same thing, but, like, as a form of protest. The other thing that I really loved about that was the scene when Maddie showed up, and she was like, what? You can't do this, too. This is my protest. It reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons when it's like uh, it's a one second joke, and you think it's where the episode is going, but it's not. It has to do with soccer. And then they're signing all the boys up for soccer, and Lisa shows up and she's like, "I want to sign up." That's right, a girl wants to play soccer. And then the sign of people are like, "That's great, we already have five girls signed up." Already <laughs> the set. And then she looks and she's like, uh, uh, "Never mind." And then she walks away. <laughs> so it was kind of it's kind of like that, but yeah, like the basic structure is very hairspray like but it takes it in a different direction which is really cool and it also examines different people who are separated from society for different reasons and how they use the pageant which in hairspray would be the corny collins show to like embrace their differences and have other people accept them and yeah i think those well those are the connections i see
4: probably other stuff so the did
1: the millie millie was she a tracy yeah so in a superficial in a more superficial sense the um woman who played millie was in and the woman who played becca were in hairspray live um and then the director of this movie was the choreographer and the hairspray movie Uh, so it's just sort of like an everybody here has worked on hairspray Mm -hmm. situation um but uh yeah, I—I I, one of the things I really liked was the idea that there were two fat characters um, because what happens when you make movies about people who don't get movies made about them is that there's one person in them and then they have to be made to like represent what that whole group is about, which obviously is a much bigger problem extending far beyond just the representation of fat people. But in this particular case... Um, I really liked that they had two people. And I also, um, I love, uh, I forget her name already. Maddie, Maddie, by Bi-
2: Bi- Bias is, something like that, yeah.
1: It's, it's one of those names with like L's and I's and I'm not quite sure. <laughs> how. Um, but I don't actually remember the Hairspray Live very well. I just remember thinking, I don't remember having a strong opinion on her. Um, but I love her in this movie so much. I think she's adorable. Wow. And I love the idea of someone who just like, genuinely loves something and isn't going to let somebody else mm. stop them from loving it. And I like the multiple perspectives and I like that it ultimately kind of comes down on the side of like, there are things don't have to be terrible. Like you don't have to hate pageants <clears throat> yeah. just yeah. to be like a progressive, inclusive person. Like things, things can be nice and be okay. And I don't know. It was just like a happy movie that made me really happy, even though it was full of nuance and like the main, like, villain if you will is essential or like the the tension comes from people accident like the hurt we accidentally cause each other without Mm -hmm. meaning to and like the way she hurts her hot friend because she like tells her she's not built for the revolution,
5: yes.
1: <laughs> which like, as like, so most of my best friends are super hot and it is such a thing sometimes where I'm just like, you're not built for the revolution. <laughs> you're just, you don't, don't understand. understand what I'm talking about right now because you can't possibly, because you're too cute. And like, I and it's just it's not a fair stance to take but it's also like it comes from such a true place emotionally for the protagonist and like this movie is just chock full of that kind of thing of like hurting each other by accident and the way her mom hurts her and she hurts her mom and then around and around we go. Um. Yeah. It's just such a wonderful movie. And like she, she reads that her mom is embarrassed of her when like, if you actually go back and like watch how Jennifer Aniston plays it, they're like, she never hesitates when, when someone's like, Oh, is this your daughter? She's like, no, actually that's my daughter. Yeah. Like she just plays it with like, she genuinely really loves her and she isn't embarrassed of her, but like, I don't know. It's just so beautiful, but Anyway, I love Dumplin'. Did anybody want to criticize Dumplin' while I'm distracted by my basil plant? I'm,
5: I'm, I'm not going to criticize, but I'm just going to say, like, um, this like this movie, I think, is very cookie-cutter in some ways. You're wrong. But um, <laughs> it has...
3: <laughs> this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I love you, Steve. Anyways,
5: uh, <laughs> it's also not for, like, a 30-year-old male. It, i think it's for high school students oh uh, it's for, i'm a
2: 33 year old male and i loved it
5: i i liked it too but i just like it's not catered to me i'm not going to go out of my way to see not it
1: everything needs to be catered to you steve vargo it doesn't it widens your horizons
5: it doesn't but i also don't need this movie for myself like i do you know what think i mean you do. but i know that people do need this sort of movie
1: I think lots of people, in fact, I would argue anyone who says that they don't need this movie is the number one group that I would like to watch the movie, please.
0: So I was not going to lead with, I don't think I need this movie. I was going to lead with, I don't usually watch movies that I would describe as feel good or making you feel good. Um, And certainly... In these times, I do need movies that feel good. But it, it was really interesting to me how, sort of, how many potential, sort of, huge cultural tension points they brought up and then just sort of skated over. Maybe that's not a problem. So you were talking about can you be a feminist and love pageants? That was one that they sort of didn't really resolve, but decided wasn't a problem. Um, I also wondered about the um the reasons i mean they revealed were revealed to be different but when there was the young evangelical girl whose mother was forbidding her from working on the pageant i thought that was going to go in a very different direction a more sort of controversial controversial in terms of like the sexualization of the young girls in the pageants and it didn't do that and then when they brought in this whole other queer plot line and that also didn't seem to be a problem it's also weird to me when they um, when when movies or anything brings in a big queer pop plotline and then just doesn't acknowledge the sexuality part. It's just like, look at these gays. They are so sparkly. Um, and sort of doesn't uh, reckon with why they have to have their own bar.
5: Yeah, what I was going to say before all of you started getting angry at me... <laughs> Was. I'm kidding! You're allowed to have whatever
1: opinions you have. I long ago um, gave up on you being right.
5: <laughs> but it had a lot of um, different in this cookie cutter of a plot. It had some very new uh, topics to talk about, which I don't think I've seen or like heard about in movies. They, they might be making them more now, but when I was younger, there was definitely no fat protagonist. Uh, in this sort of movie, um, and I, I think there are maybe other things. You know, you have the ugly person that learns how to love themselves or become more beautiful. Miss Congeniality, for example. But
1: they're um, always played by beautiful people. Yeah, you yeah. Can't fake that, a fat person. That's also
5: that's also correct. But this woman was very beautiful.
1: She was, um, but she was yeah. fat. Like you can't. Yeah, she like fat. she just have yeah. you have to hire an actual yeah. actress who is the actual the, thing. It's other. To just- putting sandra Bullock's hair in a ponytail.
5: Yes. And what was that uh, uh Princess Diaries or whatever? That's sort of the same thing. Yeah, but they did a great
1: job with her. Yeah, like yeah. her hair was a
5: monster. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she was. <laughs> um and then the other part that I really liked is they had that the whole the the bar scene with the drag and just all of those Southerners loving that like that's that's their evening. And mm. um, they do this all the time, like every was it every day at 9? or something
0: every saturday. Oh, it was
5: every. Okay, it was just once a week. Okay. But it was packed. Everyone loved it from the beardy biker guy to you know like um that's what I really that scene I really liked.
4: I did like I mean I have a I don't know like have some Texas relatives and been to like so that part was like kind of like I thought they hit the like small town in Texas thing like really well which was I don't know, like, from a nostalgia sense, but yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if anyone else has, have anyone else been down? I've
1: been to Texas. I've never been to rural Texas, yeah. but I've been to Texas. Yeah. I've been
4: you know, to
2: have, Galveston.
4: Yeah, no, I've been to, my family's in, they're, they're it, like, there's, like, a town where it's like, okay, and you're entering the town, and then you're leaving the town, and that was the town, and <laughs> but yeah and i mean they thought they but i think i do think it was for sort of a i guess feel good movie again they did a good job of like it seemed real it seemed very nuanced in terms of i mean what i've seen so far anyway but, um
1: yeah i think in I think- terms of Tone, it felt real, but to what Susan was talking about, like it certainly wasn't like a gritty portrayal of like the Republican underbelly Mm -hmm. of Texas, right? Like they they were, it was like a pretty accepting. They did do certain like the evangelical. I think it was Maddie. Maddie's the evangelical girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once her mom said yes to the pat, they didn't do the like sexualization thing. I think mostly because like her daughter. I mean, there's a lot there too, but like for the Mm -hmm. most part. Her her daughter was just not going to be like shaking her booty up there, and her her dress was notably like very covered up, and also that also folds into some of the like fat girl thing, where like she's not us, she's never going to be a sexualized object really, specific like specifically this particular fat girl, and so like it's just not as much of an issue. But when we got to the drag queens, they did just kind of like it's a long story, mom. That's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. So um, they did like. I don't know, skirt by some things. But I also think that you can't do everything in every movie and that's not what this movie was Mm. about. And I think that if you had taken the like one movie about like a mouthy fat girl and made it about like how this small town Texas feels about their drag bar, I would have been sad because there are movies. There are so many movies about how the small town Texas feels about the drag bar and there aren't any other dumplings. And I think we get one dumpling. <laughs> That's legit. You know, I you know, don't
2: all I have. Think to. The, I think the drag bar served its purpose, which was like providing a really nice new avenue for her to get to know her deceased aunt, which I thought was really beautiful. Like the connection mm-hmm. where, like, they bonded over kind of seeing that figure in each other, which was really nice. And I think like drag bar or not like some form of that character had to exist and the fact that it was a drag bar I think just added a lot of really other nice plot elements first off just having being able to have like mentors who were able to help them with the pageant but who understood that element of performatism and like just the mechanics of wearing heels and makeup and all that in a way that was still very technically competent but not in the same realm of pageantry so they were still like that element of outsiderness, but mm-hmm. in a way that was able to connect with them and push them towards success so like the way that they used the drag bar i thought was really nice and
1: effective and to go back to hairspray a little bit like something like one of the sort of simplistic things they do in hairspray is the idea of like people who are outsiders understand each other so this girl who's fat and ostracized because she's fat obviously understands race relations which is simplistic but the relationship or the like his historic connection between fat people and specifically gay men is a very real thing um like there's no
0: there, pardon me? I think they were arguing that it was not just like a historical thing that sometimes happens, but also a specific, there was something specific there going on with her aunt.
1: Yes. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's not his, I'm not saying necessarily historically, but like when I say historically, I mean like this always fucking happens. <laughs> like, it's just very real. Like, mm. you know, that's who we take to prom with us. Like that's just, that's what it is. Um, because, and, like, to go back to, like, Maddie was never going to be a sexualized object, which is a good thing, but it is also this weird, like, like catch-22 reality of, like, you're not seeing me as a sexual object, which is awesome, so I'm more of a person, but it's also because you're not seeing me as a woman, which is also not awesome, and then, like, it's this combination of things, so this idea of being invisible and so, like fat girls especially in high school tend to create attachments and emotional attachments to gay men who are you know a safe way to have a relationship with a male figure without feeling judged and it's like this there it's just it happens all the time not just historically but like go to any high school anywhere and so having that affinity and like of course that's where Lucy went, right? (laughs) Like um, somewhere you can go and go on the dance floor without getting stared at uncomfortably of like, why are you even here? Um, No one's going to go home with you. You know what I mean? So it, I, I think having that connection feels a lot less false to me than what Hairspray does, which is sort of a general outsiders understand outsiders because while that's true in an empathy sense. It's, it, it is a simplistic, like she can understand civil rights because she's fat. (laughs) That's just lame. Not that I, you know, nothing, nothing gets hairspray. I love hairspray, but also that's lame. Um. No, but
4: yeah. I mean, I, I think also with the, I guess if you're, going back to like the gritty thing, like it doesn't like the it doesn't tackle everything. I think that can also be it is from her perspective and like mm. it's through her viewpoint. So it would make sense in that way, because it is telling her story specifically, that she's not I mean, it not that it can't be dug into in an alternate movie, but it makes sense in terms of the story
3: that's being told. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of going off of what you're saying for hairspray, it is kind of nice in that like as you were saying, Laura, it's like it's her story, so it's kind of a lot more like you dig kind of into what she's going through yeah. as opposed to like racism's fixed because we danced. And like again, I also like hairspray, but you're like you're like, that's a beautiful alternate universe over there. While like in this, even if it kind of like fits very um a, a more simplistic tropes tropes um it's like it's this girl's story and that's maybe how it like wraps up that it could happen
4: yeah because i mean when i've still have more to go and i um but like when she first gets there like it is very much sort of like this world that she's just being introduced to and it's sort of like does have like rose-tinted glasses to it but i think for the again for the purposes of this movie and the story that's being told at least so far it's works works it makes sense to me anyway
1: yeah I, I also just think it's not possible to do everything in one like we've had this conversation before where no. every every movie we see we're like why doesn't it also acknowledge this thing and this thing and this thing the world has too many things so to
4: turn into a georgia r martin situation where you're like starting with like three books and then it like expands to like 15 books and then it doesn't <laughs> finish and exactly the dumpling expanded universe.
1: And I think something that works about this movie is that, like, at least the core four, although I would also argue maybe Becca, um, and like each of them could have their own movie that, like, it, you easily could have made this movie about, like, the uh, well, Maddie wouldn't have been as compelling a protagonist because she's a little simpler, but like, you certainly could have made it about like what it's like to be an evangelical girl and wanting to be in pageants and sort of take mm-hmm. out. Some of the like fat girl elements. Um, Cause she's not as interesting in, in for that particular narrative, or you could have made it about the LGBT girl. Like you could have like each of those characters could have told this story from their perspective. And, but we picked, we had to pick one because that's how storytelling works. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I really like, um the one we pick personally but you know that's me um yeah i don't know but i could certainly do a a sequel where we
5: talk about somebody else yeah. um, i could have done like the the odd little scene of them at home getting ready and trying to avoid their parents or something like the other the other girls
1: yeah that might have been a good yeah. useful thing to put in the montage yeah um brie have you read the book
3: so I have not, um, it's um, it's not my house, so I don't, I'm lazy. Um, but I do know, <laughs> you get really lazy when they can just hand you free books. I do know that um, the author herself, the author herself, the author has a lot of kind of books where um, she just has like, all her main characters are fat and everyone's like, well, why? And so she's like, cause I fucking want to do it. <laughs> her and my friend. Right. So like, she just came out with a book. Oh gosh. Again not my house um called faith it's about i think maybe a superhero i don't know but like a lot of people really love the cover because it's this girl who's fat and she's flying through the sky is that what it's about i have no idea but like the cover (laughs) itself is like oh that's pretty cool and the author has just been very um no nonsense when talking about it she's like yeah these are my characters (laughs) deal with it
1: that's so fascinating that someone would ever say well why would you make all your protagonists reflect your own view experience of the world that what people do that every other author in the (laughs) whole world
3: does that all of honestly i think i would be less shocked if i hadn't in like the past few months um i'm sure you've heard of the book the hate you give like even if you're not a big reader, like it's come up. Um, and that author, when the book was kind of going through the different houses, everyone's like, that's a really good book, but we don't want to publish it. So like someone else can have it. And so like when a book that big, everyone's like, It's great, but like, no, it's okay. I, I've, I, I have no faith in anyone anymore. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm not surprised at any questions anymore because... Everything is trash, but
1: it's lovely. I feel like it. What is, is the narrative there that that one wasn't being published
3: because it had a black protagonist? Um, then for that one, it was like it had the black protagonist in a situation that like no one would want to read about. Like no one wants to read about police brutality. Obviously, that book won't sell at all. <laughs> I the book has not been off the New York Times bestseller list since it came out. So <laughs> sometimes editors don't know what will sell. Well. Right. Again, neither are my books, so no one can call me out for this. Yay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I mean, I
1: think that's just, like, a classic problem, right? Like, anybody who writes a story from their own perspective, if they're anything other than a straight white male, um, that, that always comes up. Like, right? It comes up in every...
4: Even Star Wars. I'm not going to bring it up. Sorry. What about Star Wars? Well, I uh, just Oh, like Star all the fanboys is- being well, like no, no, you know, I, why would you like I, to a girl? There's like a whole like I d I don't know. I apologize if you guys didn't like The Last I, Jedi or
5: I, I I don't care about Star Wars that much. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh I I really I am a nerd about it, but Jedi. I don't care. Like I think most of the movies are bad.
4: Yeah, but there's definitely <laughs> any a, there was a reaction anytime there was for characters that were mm-hmm. not representative of the white male experience, mm. there was all of a sudden a big old problem.
5: Yeah, there. it's it's also weird it. just because, I know this is like off topic, but it's, it's just very weird that, like Star Wars was always about their strong female lead. So I like, it's not out of the blue. Like Princess Leia is a huge, mm-hmm. big, like,
1: I mean she's great but she's the token girl in the first trilogy.
5: Yes, but and she's like the only one. Um but she is she's like taking care of things and solving her own problems and shooting people and like she's she's taking control most yeah. of the time. I mean
1: time. she's a decently written decent decently not super well. Like yeah. decently yes. written token girl but she's <laughs> the token girl she's not, like she's a damsel who gets is in distress and you know she's just yeah, but
5: in there. the new movies that the same thing happened and people were, were getting mad about it
3: yeah i mean and i'd say last that's,
1: that's, that that I, that's well, what i'm
5: talking about
3: yeah i will say two things really quickly and then i won't say much more on star wars one uh in lego star wars <laughs> there's a stupid joke where yoda or i don't remember who tells luke he's like um your sister is has shown up and it's like oh my god it's leia and it's like well how did you know it's like well only one woman has shown up who else is going to be my sister and i was like that's great but the other thing i'll say is that in terms of like story and how it's done things i liked the last jedi i like that it changed up things and it forced characters to do things that weren't maybe in the the wheelhouse that they were anticipating in terms of like um me me, it was one of those stories where you had so many interesting plot threads that were kind of dropped in about all the characters. You had Finn, you mm. had Poe, and like you, they could have kind mm. of like continued on, but instead they focused on the the white bland man who was had temper tantrums as though that was like the focal point. It, like suddenly it became the focal point of the trilogy, and it's like I don't, I just want to see Poe with his shirt off, like me, <laughs> like have han-, han solo went up in the carbonite 12 year old me or whoever was like Mwah, perfect he's being tortured i like that <laughs> like, just put strip poe's shirt off and i'll be fine don't give me oh but they did strip kylo's shirt off god no oh yeah ben suolo oh, god. sorry
4: ben suolo. I- i'm i'm sorry i'm a i am a kylo ren fan but that's just me
5: <laughs> Adam Driver is a great actor. I'm sure yes.
3: he's a, he was lovely in that one play I saw him in. He's got nice thighs, but the like one with Carrie Russell, that was a weird. It was so weird because was, was acting th- like he was ten years older than her, and I'm like, "But you're not, my good sir." Famous hair trader Carrie Russell. Hair trader?
1: Hair traitor. Hair traitor. She used to Did have she? the most beautiful, fabulous curly hair,
2: mm. and
1: it's gone forever. She killed oh. it
2: as far as i'm concerned her existence started and ended with waitress i know her from nothing else except for that movie where she makes delicious pies
4: Mm. but anyway so i guess to get to the last sort of point i was (laughs) trying to make to bring it back to dumpling there was definitely a reaction for certain like a strong reaction against perspectives that weren't necessarily the white male perspective whether it be like R- Rose in particular like there was a lot of vitriol mm, against she's her adorable. Yeah, her plot line and even like although she was like they were like the boring white couple it did focus more on like a female point of view Um, like from it made like Ray into a more complicated character it was more from her perspective than like a male perspective of her if that makes
0: sense.
4: Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's, there does seem to be a reaction. This,
3: huh? I would get, if we had three hours to discuss <laughs> this, I'd get into it. But I'm like, let me, let me hold my, my thoughts. <laughs> no, we, no, no, you... we can do, we can
1: do Star Wars <laughs> some other time. But okay. if I can go off what Laura was saying and bring it back to Dumplin'.
5: Um, <laughs> oh yeah, We should.
1: Oh yeah, yes. Dumplin'. The thing that I think is interesting when we're talking about the idea of like, different perspectives, right? Is that like you know, when I when I say like I would have been really sad if they made this movie about the drag club and like all the issues around the drag club is that like in you know, when we talk about the idea of like underrepresented voices, there are voices that it's more important to elevate than mine. Right? Like in term like yes, I think it's really useful and valuable to have fat protagonists, but it's not as like life or death as other people. And so what happens is we focus and we try really hard on elevating some other voices. And the reason I get really excited about something like Dumplin' is that, like, it's not considered super important to tell my story. And so nobody does. Um, And so if we can sneak one or two in there, I don't want them all to be, I don't want to take up a ton Mm. more space, but like one or two. Every once in a while, one or two, please. Thank you. Because it's one of those things that like, and like, Steve, this is why I'm like, I don't fucking care that as a 30-year-old man, you didn't feel it was for you. It should be for you and we should make them all watch it. Is that I like, think
5: it's for me when I'm younger. At, no, at a, at a, no,
1: because <laughs> you have funny. not in the time since you were the age of these characters and you are now, I'm sorry, but like you haven't absorbed the information that Dumplin' can give you because no one, like... Perhaps I watch t- 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 myself to like tell a bunch of my male <laughs> family, like things that just never occurred to them before, um and without fail, I get these reactions of just like that literally never entered their brain they 've never seen a narrative about it they 've just it like that perspective has never been voiced to them before, and part of that is like there's so much shame and so much your problems aren't important and so much just like and your problems your own fault stuff that comes up around like fat identity that they don't say it out loud they would rather you like there's even even in Dumplin', there's that scene where ellen's like just for the record i never saw you as fat and then the other girl is like <laughs> but like that scene drives me a little bit crazy too because i'm like ellen she is fat. Like, you know that, like, it's, it's just a fact of the case and denying it. There's a lot of, a lot of people think that the kind thing to do is to pretend it's not a problem or not a thing at all, that it doesn't exist. And so that's why a lot of fat people don't like mention that they're fat. They don't like using the word fat. It's just like not, they never mention it. So you never hear their perspective. So you would never know any of the things that you need to learn and just getting older doesn't teach you those things. And so, like, I just want to force everyone to watch Dumplin, regardless of their demographic, and especially if it's not for them. Because you know who the only person who didn't need to watch Dumplin was? Me. <laughs> I liked it. So it was fine. <laughs> anyway, rant over. I do love you, Steve.
5: <laughs> I agree with everything you said.
1: I know you're a kind, lovely person.
5: No, I, I truly agree with what you said.
1: <laughs>
4: oh. And I am really enjoying this movie so far.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh Laura, I'm kind of jealous that you still have so much ahead of you. <laughs> it's I mean it's I
4: read the synopsis, but it's but I mean like it is it just has like a feel it just has a feel good thing. And also I don't there's not a lot of country I like, but I do like Dolly Parton. It's oh, she's like, great. Yeah,
2: Dolly part Parton's like, mm. oh, I, think I was like
4: singing around like. Dumplin's talent
2: go. performance.
4: I have <laughs> oh, that. Baby. I have that yet to come.
1: I'm. That's,
2: excited. I think that was the high point for me.
1: Yeah, you know movie
2: what, with lots of high points. It was so magical, literally.
1: Yeah. One of the lines I really, really like, love is when she's talking about Dolly Parton and she says, "There isn't a joke you can tell about her that she's not in on." And yeah. I love that. Mm. I love the like I, the the self awareness of this character. This is not a character who's like trying to pretend she's what everybody else is she's just trying to be okay with who she is and i just think it's just i love it Who so did like, i just interrupt someone was trying me. to say something i didn't
3: right, realize that like so like i know of dolly parton <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize how big she was until oh. like i saw this and i'm like oh okay so she's important and then there was like a book we were trying to acquire that i guess was dolly parton and the entire room just like hissed in a breath and then just started like singing, and it was the weirdest experience. And like me and another coworker, like, wait, who, like we know of her, but like, should we look her up more? And like, I did not realize how much this is not the right term, but like how much of a fan base or a fandom that she had acquired. And like, I should have like I've heard of her through like the um I don't remember the words, but like the she does a bunch of book related stuff so like she'll buy a bunch of books and then like give them i think away which like i've worked with her through that but it's like oh, then you like i looked more into it i'm like oh so like she's hugely important to a lot of people
4: i even like at her own like tribute to her they were like oh yeah, we're gonna have these other things she's like damn it i could do my own tribute to myself like these other folks <laughs> can help but ain't nobody gonna be dolly like dolly
1: She's awesome. You know, it, when when asked about her signature look, the like big fake boobs and the big blonde hair and all that stuff, she was like, I mean, I know it's not sophisticated or whatever, but I grew up in this small town and the town whore looked like, like the prostitute, though she called yeah. it the town whore. That's, <laughs> she would see her walking up and down the street. And she just thought she was the most beautiful woman she'd ever <laughs> seen in her life. And she modeled her like whole brand basically off of when she was growing up who she thought was the most beautiful woman and she'd ever seen
2: so it was She's like, like that experience. scene in Fun Home basically
1: I don't that remember. they did at the Tonys I don't remember that
2: scene Ring of Keys I think that's what it's called little kid that's not like, what
1: that's about man
2: is it not <laughs> I thought it was isn't it I like seeing see somebody that. like an older person that she relates to and like sees elements of what she wants to grow up to become in that person and then uh, she does
1: no that's her realizing she's gay
2: <laughs> yeah but it's still her seeing somebody embracing and like okay, filling sure, the identity sure. that she sees in herself and like in its full grown form
1: sure yes yeah, she does not grow up to like emulate that person um uh, but I just saw but the I Tony say, performance I, I'm going purely off of that I do see what you mean, and also that's the best number in that show by Miles. Oh, um, so the I just like any to opportunity to talk about Ring of Keys. Um, <laughs> uh, so
4: just, yeah. uh, sorry. One just random aside I'm going to throw in there before. Um, so it's about I Star recently, Wars? recently discovered uh, <laughs> what... No, it's not Star Wars. I'm not talking about Star Wars. Um, but I recently... Discovered there is a bardcore uh, medieval style cover of Jolene by Hildegard Bremblingen. Oh, nice! It's pretty great. I will share it in the chat afterwards.
3: Okay. Y'all should also look up the Eldric Jolene because, like, she just instead of describing like the woman that her significant other might be interested in, it's like a demonic presence (laughs) who has come to earth. It's great. I love it.
2: Everyone should also watch the Netflix movie of the song Jolene, because what? that was kind of trashy and enjoyable. Okay.
3: Is, is, is it about like the making of the song? Is it about no, what no, the song it, is about? Like, or is it? Dolly
2: Parton like... has a Netflix original series. It's six episodes, and every episode is a dramatization of the story of a, like one of her songs. So yeah. Jolene is about the narrative and the perspective of the woman who's begging Jolene to not steal her husband, and it's really not that good, but it also is. It's great, he's especially really the good. montage. The montage with Jolene, where like literally this woman is in bed next to her husband, and then there's a lyric about how he's like whispering her name in his sleep, and then the guy's literally there, like oh, Jolene, <laughs> Jolene, and it's great. <laughs>
1: My favorite yes. Dolly Parton pop culture thing, and I've talked about this before because we've talked about Dolly Parton when we watched Steel Magnolias, but um, on the Orville, they encounter an alien species who decides to make Joe, like the music of Dolly Parton their moral philosophy <laughs> based on, because like, it's set in the future, and they had a, this mm-hmm. one tape of Dolly Parton's greatest hits, and they were exposed to it, and they made it their moral philosophy. And it like It worked. It did. We were able to extrapolate a lot of meaning from the
5: collection. So, he's a really good storyteller in her songs.
4: Like, I appreciate yeah. that
5: better. Is that what, um, like, when she was asked at the pageant her question, was the response, like, lyrics from Dolly Parton?
1: The thing about loyalty? Ooh. Yeah,
5: the loyalty question. No, she was like, just talking. okay but that would have been so I don't know. Because okay. oh. I, oh, I, like, so I don't know, I don't know all, all of her music, so...
1: I mean, maybe, I don't know all of it, but I I thought she was just speaking from the heart and that was her way of like winning back Ellen.
5: I would have felt like it would have just been lyrics that just came off the top of her head that she said.
1: I'm sure Dolly would have been proud though.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, Dolly.
1: Anyway, anyone have anything else to say about Dumplin'? Can I ask a question about drag queens? Sorry, what? Can I ask a
0: question about drag queens?
1: About drag queens in
0: general, about these drag
1: queens? These
0: drag queens. Okay. There were like, uh, there was at least one sort of like RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star and Netflix seems to be producing a lot of uh, drag race all-star, or no, I don't mean all-star, I mean uh, former contestant uh, material. And I thought it was interesting that Head Drag Queen was not a drag queen, but was Harold per- Perrineau, all-time best Mercutio, um, <laughs>
5: that they chose. Oh, that's who that one. Yeah.
4: Wait wait, 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 wait. The Mercutio
5: from, that from, from the Boz well. Luhrmann. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. 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 yeah.
5: yeah. yeah.
0: that was. Yeah.
5: He's also. <laughs> Sorry, he's, I just also it was famous. he's also famous.
0: Head drag queen was not actually a drag queen. I don't have a yeah. feeling or opinion about this. I just noticed it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he's also famous for the Matrix movies, the sequels, just the sequels. I've only he's seen, the seen the first one. Link and Oz
2: wizard of or prison
3: prison
5: Mm.
1: oh i I haven't seen that um yeah i i wondered about that as well uh i don't know i also think yeah he's he's straight even like he's just like straight up just the guy from lost who cross-dressed in that one baz lerman movie Mm -hmm. so it is a sort of an interesting (laughs)
0: and he was a dancer in the
1: original fame I mean, like he doesn't. Maybe, day. maybe that alone
4: qualifies. But yeah, they but he is straight. Yeah, maybe they really liked Buzz Thurman's R and J.
0: I don't know.
5: I, maybe this is a, a great a audition.
0: He does a <laughs> lovely job. I don't like. I'm yeah. not. I don't yeah. have a problem with his job. I was just interested in that.
4: Yeah. No, no I didn't. I didn't even realize that. Interesting
1: factoid. Mm-hmm. I did know. I didn't have. I also did not have a strong opinion on it. But it is the sort of thing that certain people would have a strong opinion on. I just happen to think none of them are on this
2: call.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I thought the acting performance was fantastic, so I have no qualms. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: Um. Anybody else have anything else to say about Dumplin'? Look forward to seeing the rest of it. It's really good so far. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you, Laura. It's a wonderful movie, full of lovely nuance. And Jennifer Aniston broke my heart.
2: She, I, I feel like I take for granted how, like, what a good actor she actually is. Because usually, especially, I'll well, like, there's the friends syndrome, where it's just easy to pigeonhole all of them into whatever, like, into what that was. And then on top of that, just a lot of the movies that she tends to make, not that she's bad in them, but it just like is the kind, it's the kind of resume that people tend to have after really successful TV careers. I feel where there's nothing like super different or groundbreaking. Like it's just a lot of like, we're the Millers or horrible bosses esque kind of stuff. But then you see this and you remember like, oh, she is actually quite good at what she does. Can I please
0: plug my favorite Jennifer Aniston underappreciated movie? Yeah. Friends with Money. Love it. It is not feel good. It is not a feel good movie. It's a feel bad movie. But I love it. And she's great in it.
4: When did that come
1: out? Do you remember? It's okay. I feel like I may have seen it at one point. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, i also say she's exquisitely cast in this movie. Oh, yeah. This is a really oh, yeah. well-cast movie across the board. Like, I love the best friend who, like, easily could have been... No- she could have been so boring, and she was not. Like, I think everybody really was was really well-suited to their parts. But Jennifer Aniston as this like woman who's stuck in 1991 and her former glory. And she's just so beautiful, but she's also aging gracefully. Like Jennifer Aniston's is not one of the people who's fighting her age. So she does look older than the Jennifer Aniston you remember, but she's always going to be so beautiful. And she's got that, like, she's got a really lovely warmth to her that I like absolutely believed Everything she said with utter sincerity, even though the character was, like, kind of performative. And I loved I loved the detail of what her Joe job is, like, what she does every day in this sort of, like, completely unglamorous reality of that. And the scene where she's walking and she's picking up – I think she's picking up – oh, it's when um, – Willa, Willa Dean gets suspended. She has yeah. to pick her up from school, and she's in her like uniform yeah. from her from working at the residence. And someone walks by her and says like Oh, hello!" and she's like Oh my god, hi!" <laughs> and she's like in full pageant mode, but she's got mm-hmm. her scrubs on, and it's just this like yeah. lovely tension between like the unglamorous realities of her life and the revelation that like she couldn't go to the Dolly Parton parties because she was working, and like just what she had to do in order to i don't know whereas like willa mm-hmm. only sees her as this like perfect glamazon um, who demands that the rest of the world be perfect and amazon and like glamazon oh. too but she's actually so much more than that i just think the empathy that this movie was able to have coming from such a strong specific overlooked perspective the empathy it was able to have for the characters from who don't have that perspective and also make the person with that perspective feel bad about herself by accident. The empathy for that outside perspective was remarkable. And I love anytime a screenwriter can do that, or I guess a a book writer and then adapted through the screen. And it's just, it's impressive to me. I liked it so much. When I first saw this, I cried. I started crying at the third minute and then I cried for like an hour after. (laughs) Really honestly impressed that I've cried. I haven't cried once on this phone call, so <laughs> celebrate the fact that I'm not crying. <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> Laura's <Uh-oh>. so cute, <laughs> she's like, little celebration.
4: Okay, yeah, look forward to seeing it more of it. But I
1: like it. Okay. I'm gonna call it so that Laura can go watch the end of Dumplin, it's very exciting stuff. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for okay. tolerating me talking about dumpling for an hour.
2: Meow. Bye, Bye meow. Bye.